pray together. Um, one person is doing the praying, but it's a, I'm requesting that everybody join together uh, in what we pray for. Uh, we, we rotate through several different subjects throughout the, the month, and this, this Sunday I want to pray for us as we look forward to 2015. Uh, that's sort of the, 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 the point of my sermon today is looking forward, growing in 2015. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray for unity. I want to pray for growth. I want to pray for this church, that we would grow, that we would sacrifice one for another. Um, so join with me, if you would. Precious Heavenly Father, you are glorious and mighty. And we recognize, help us to see that the very act of coming before you is expressing our heart that we cannot accomplish this on our own, Father. We have to ask for help from you. Your prayer in the garden was for us to be unified, just as you and your Father are unified, just as the Trinity is one. You want us, you want this body to be one. You want us to be united with other believers, Father. For this church, I pray for unity. I pray that because we all find our worth in the gospel, because we all are helpless, hopeless, without Christ, without his perfect life, without his death on the cross, and without his resurrection, Father, we are nothing. We, that, that cross, that gospel is what unifies us. That is what we all have in common, Father. Above and beyond jobs and interests and sports and music and families, Father, the thing that does unify us together is the gospel, your cross. And I pray that we would gather together, Father, shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm this year, that we would grow in unity, Father, not only in spiritual health, but we would grow in unity, togetherness, fellowship, koinonia, as we, as we labor together to bring this precious gospel that we share in common to bring this gospel to the unchurched of Rollsville. That is why you have planted us here, and I pray that we would embrace that, Father. That we would go out and proclaim the gospel that, that unifies us, Father. That we would explain that to others, display that in, the, in our actions, and proclaim it with our words to envelop people in the love that we have. I pray that they would see our love, they would see our unity, they would see our sacrifice, they would see our, our care and our tenderness, our affection for one another, Father. Please grow us in that this year. It's in Christ's name that I ask. Amen. So, welcome to 2015. Um, I'm very excited for this year. When you get a new year, it does naturally sort of create this opportunity to not only look back at the previous year, but to look forward at the coming year. Um, so we start by looking back. It's been a crazy year, wouldn't you agree? Um, my wife has used one word, unexpected. I had a lot of unexpected things happen in 2014, I would agree completely. I know at least in my life, I know in our lives, but I know at least in my life there were several unexpected big things that happened, and I'm sure each of you have things 
that happened in your life this year, these, you can think of the highlights. There was births, there were deaths, there were uh, sicknesses, there were illnesses, there were high points and low points. And I'm sure you can think of those things as you think back to 2014, or think back to 2014, meant to move this way since you're looking at this way. This would be back in your minds. This would be forward. As we look back on 2014, I think you can, you can see those highlights in your life. But when I want to look back at 2014 for us, what I want to look at is one spiritual question that we can ask ourselves. And many of you have heard this before. Paul, as we prayed before the service, was praying this exact prayer. Many of you have heard it, this question that says, do you love God more right now than you did a year ago? Do you love God more now than you did a year ago? That would show your spiritual growth. And that's what we want to be asking ourselves. And this is a natural time to ask as we start this year off, looking back at 2014, do we love God more now than we did a year ago? And it's a manageable increment. It's, it's tough to see spiritual growth day to day or even week to week. Although, as I've told my story to many of you, I'm 6'9". I'm I grew from 5'5 five five to 6'6 six six in one year. 13 inches in one year, 13 inches in 12 months. That means a little, a, a, an inch a month, and there's about four weeks, and that's a quarter of an inch every week. So my mom could see incremental, she could see that growth, at least in me physically, knowing that I was just eating around a house and home and could never stay in pants or shirts long enough. She could see growth from week to week. It's tough for us to see spiritual growth week to week. It's an incremental thing, it's a slow progression. You can see me grow in a year, but it's tough to see, or every week, you can, it's, it's easy to see growth in a huge person week to week. It's tough to see spiritual growth. So we want to take it a little bit bigger increments. Let's look at yearly increments. This is a manageable increment for us to see. Do we love God more now than we did a year ago? So it's a good time to take self-inventory. So we combine this question with our mission statement for the church. Do you love God's glory more right now than you did a year ago? God's glory, not any particular... God's glory would sort of uh, encompass all of who he is, not any one particular trait like his strength or his sovereignty, but all of who God is. It includes his strength and his sovereignty, but also his beauty, his love, his care, his mercy, his justice his discipline of us? Do we love those things about God more now than we did last year? Secondly, do you love God's people more right now than you did a year ago? Do you love each other more? Are you sacrificing more for each other? How would I see that you love others more this year than you did a year ago? There would be self-sacrifice. There would be a commitment, there would be a, a, a loving care, a, a tenderness. Do you see that in your life from last year to this year? Do you see a, an increase? Do you love God's people more right now than you did a year ago? And thirdly, do you love God's world more right now than you did a year ago? It's a good manageable increment. Do you, do you love the unchurched of Rollsville, as I prayed, that's, that's our mission field, is this, is this town and the unchurched, the people that don't know the gospel. Do you love those, that idea of sending that gospel out? 
That's what unites us. That's what, that's what makes us Christians is this, this Christ dying on the cross for our sins. Do we desire more now than we did last year to take that gospel out, give it to other people, this wonderful gift that we have that has created new life in us? Are, are, are we more excited to take that out to the unchurched, the people that don't know that? This is a good time to look at that. It's a perfect time to ask this question, do you love God more right now than you did a year ago? So as, as we look back at 2014, but we also want to look forward, 2015. Um, it's going to be an exciting year. I'm very excited for 2015. We will have a new pastor. That's guaranteed. That's, that shouldn't take a year. We will have a new pastor that's going to be uh, an exciting time for this church as we, again, as we unify, as we, this is a, a faithful, committed group of people gathering together, linking arms together, we come alongside each other, and we are moving forward in 2015. I'm very excited for what God has for us in 2015. There's going to be a lot of cool things that happen as we move forward together as this family, as this fellowship. But again, we want to ask this spiritual question, knowing what's, that 2016 is coming. Are we going to be able to, how are we going to answer this question next year? Will you love God more next year than you do right now? That's going to imply spiritual growth. We look back, have we grown more in the past year? Are we going to grow in this year? So that's what I really want to look at today. Will you love God more next year than you do right now? Will you love God's glory more next year? Will you love God's people more next year? Will you love God's world more next year? This is a perfect time as we start 2015 to plan spiritual growth in 2015. We need to grow spiritually in 2015. I want to give you a plan to sort of grow spiritually in 2015. And it's three-pronged approach. We're going to talk about uh, what is spiritual growth. We're going to talk about why we need to grow spiritually. And we're going to talk about how we can grow spiritually. What, why, and how. Very simple. So we're going to start. We're going to turn, if everybody would turn to 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9, if you're not already there. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. I'll read it if you would read along with me. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. That is the inspired, infallible, and inerrant word of God. May he use it to change our hearts. Let's pray to that end. <clears throat> Join with me, precious Heavenly Father. Your word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, able to separate bone and marrow. 
Father, use this word today to pierce our hearts, to change our hearts. As only you can do, Father, we are not powerful enough on our own to change our hearts. We need you to do that. Pray that you would do that this morning through your word, that you would change us, that you would grow us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So as we look at what spiritual growth is, I want to start and kind of start at the, the, the bottom end. I want to read five through eight first, and then we'll look through we'll look at three and four. So I want to read five and five and eight again. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. For if you have these qualities in increasing measure, verse 5 says, make every effort. So this is work. As we look towards 2015 and how we're going to grow, what spiritual growth is, it's work. I wish it were easy. I wish it were something that we could just, just if you just lay in the sun, you become suntan. It just happens that way. I wish it were that easy. But he says, verse 5, make every effort. So this is going to be work. So what are the things that we need to be working at? These are the things that we are to make every effort to grow in. Now, it's not a comprehensive list, but this is the list that he lays out, that Peter gives us. There's faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Now, I would love to take 10 minutes on each of these because this is, these are, this is a really good list of what the things that we need to grow in for 2015, but I'm going to try and give you just a one-sentence definition of each of these uh, because I've got to get through this today. Um, faith is a trust and a belief, but not just a trust and a belief. A faith, this faith, as it's described, is implicit with this fervent action. So it's a trust and a belief with fervent action. So it's not just believing something, but it's believing something and working that out with fervent action. There's goodness, is the things that we are to make every effort to grow in this year. Goodness, a moral excellence. Moral excellence, but it's not just a moral excellence that you're better than everybody else. A moral excellence to enrich the lives of others. This is that self-sacrifice that we're looking at. That's what Christ would do for others. It's not just this moral excellence to be better than everybody else. We all love that. We all love having, I've got more knowledge than you, and I'm better than you at this, and you're not as good as me. We all love that. But that's not the moral excellence he's talking about. It's a moral excellence to enrich the lives of others. That's the goodness that we're to grow in this year. Knowledge. Truth properly comprehended. Truth properly comprehended. That's this knowledge that we got. Again, it's not just knowing stuff. It's not just a, knowing it in your head. Truth properly comprehended and applied to our lives. That's what we need to grow in. Not just the things that we learn, the, 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 the cool new things that we learn. That we have more knowledge and you gain more knowledge and read more books and memorize more stuff. But then you've got to apply it. There's an action that goes along with that. Truth properly comprehended and applied. Then there's self-control. I love this one because this is 
I don't know, this seems, sounds very masculine to me, this, this dominion or mastery of restraining evil passions and appetites. That's self-control. Self-control can be, to me, very sort of passive. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't need dessert, so I won't have any. That seems very easy. But it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's work, as Peter tells us. You've got to make every effort to grow in self-control. You've got to learn how to dominate your evil passions and appetites. You need to learn how to master them. Control yourself. Restrain evil passions and appetites. This one, to me, just has this, this lot of power behind it that I love. Self-control. We need to learn to grow. Make every effort to work at growing at self-control this year. Perseverance. Literally, the word means to remain under, to, to, to build up under, to, to, to persevere, to remain under, and not just remain under the rain or whatever, to remain under God's rule and care. Not remove ourselves from God's word and care, rule and care, but to persevere, to remain under God's rule and care. Godliness. Make every effort to grow in godliness. Godliness as this life of worship. This is a lot like what we're learning in youth group. Actually, we just wrapped it up, this idea of pleasing God, that our lives, our, our thoughts, our desires, our words, our actions, please God, a life of worship. Our lives should match his lives. Our thoughts should try to match up with God's thoughts. Our desires should match his desires. Our actions should be like his actions. That's a godliness that we're supposed to be growing in. A life of worship to please God with our lives. Moving on to brotherly kindness. A love of family members. We've sort of talked about this, this sacrifice for each other, this care for one another of the people that are in this room. God's family at large, other Christians, but in particular, this body, the people that God has brought together, us, you, me, together. A, a brotherly kindness and a love. He ends this, this, ends this list with love, this agape love, this unconditional, I love you no matter what you have to give to me. I love you, as a matter of fact, because you have nothing to give to me. That's the picture that I see in the gospel, is Christ moving after us that says, I'm going to love you strictly because you have nothing to give to me. I, I just want to love you. That's, that, that's the agape love, this unconditional, this sacrificial love that we're to make every effort to grow in. And verse 5, it says, what spiritual growth is, is to add to, and I get this idea of these, these bricks, building this, this spiritual life, are composed by brick by brick. You take your, you take your faith brick, and you, know, you lay it on the, on the ground, you level it all up, and then you take your, your goodness brick, and you lay it down, and you put some mortar along there, and then you take your knowledge brick, and you add that to the, the structure that you're trying to build, and then you grab your self-control brick, and you lay it in there, and you make it all nice and flat, and you get some mortar, and you, you're building this spiritual life brick by brick, adding to. Make every effort to add to your life brick by brick. Now notice this list of faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. What does that sound, what is that list similar to? I would ask my youth group. 
What does that sound like, that list? Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, as found in Galatians 5. That list is a lot like that fruit of the Spirit. Now, notice you say fruit. This is a quick little tangent. If I had a tie, I'd throw my tie over my shoulder. This is a quick tangent, rabbit trail that we go down. It's not fruits of the Spirit. You don't get to grow just in, if you have Christ, if he has taken out your heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh, and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you don't just have love. You don't just have joy. You don't just have self-control. You have all of these. You have love and joy and peace and patience. And it's the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, plural, and they're not. My mom used to have this button on her sun visor in her car that said, the Ten Commandments are not multiple choice. Same idea. This list, Peter's list, Paul's list of the fruit of the Spirit, the Ten Commandments are not multiple choice. You can't just choose to, to put a faith brick down and, and build your structure just on that. We are to add to faith, add to that goodness, add to that knowledge, add to that self-control. It's brick by brick. It's, it's the whole list. And verse 8, as we read through this, this list, what are we supposed to do with these things? In increasing measure. Now, so not just one on one, not just brick on brick, not just one on top of another, but each brick has to grow through our year. Through 2015, each brick has to get bigger and bigger. More love, in increasing measure, more faith, more goodness, more godliness. So not just brick by brick, but in increasing measure so that each one is bigger. So that's what growth is. Well, that's one aspect of growth, one way to look at growth. So now I want to briefly look at some of the benefits of growth as he describes them in 8 and 9. I used to hate in English class when the teacher would say, all right, take whatever this stanza of this poem or this page and compare and contrast that. I hated compare and contrast. Never made any sense to me. I never liked the action of it until now. Now I'm 43. I love comparing and contrasting things. So if we'll do this together. We'll compare and contrast 8 and 9 together. So let me read 8 and 9. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure... They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to take a little twist on verse 8 there. And instead of saying, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and productive. In order to contrast it well with verse 9, I'm going to change that to be, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you will be effective and productive. So there's effective and productive when you have these things in increasing measure. When you're adding brick by brick and each brick is getting bigger and bigger throughout 2015, you will be effective and productive according to verse 8. According to verse 9, if you do not have them, this person is then nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. So in verse 8, if we grow in these things in 2015, verse 8 says we're going to be effective and productive. If we don't grow in these things in 2015, he says that we are nearsighted and blind and we have forgotten the gospel. We have forgotten what makes us us. We've forgotten that we were born into sin and slavery and death. We've forgotten that we were without hope, without God. 
We have forgotten that God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to live a life that we couldn't live, to die a death that we couldn't die. Was raised again to make that good for all time. We've forgotten that and we cease to grow in 2015. When we forget the gospel, we don't grow. When we forget the gospel, we don't grow. If you're a note taker, you can note take that down. If you're not, if you're not a note taker, write it anyway. Or memorize that real quick. When we forget the gospel, we don't grow. So our goal in 2015 is to grow. We make every effort brick by brick and each brick getting bigger to grow in faith and goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. But why do we need to grow? So that's what spiritual growth is. Let's look at why we need to grow. We saw some of the benefits of growth, but now we're going to talk about not the benefits of growth, but rather the fuel of what fuels our growth in 2015. So let's look at verse 3 and 4 real quick. Why do we need to grow in 2015? Verses 3 and 4, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. There's a lot of words there, but I want to focus just on the first, I think it's 13 words. Uh, Here's the crux of why we need to grow. It's because his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So why do we need to grow in 2015? What's the fuel behind growing in 2015? It's because he's already given us everything we need to grow. Why do we grow? Because he's already given us everything we need to grow. It says his divine power. It's his divine power. It's not your own power. It's not a growth that that you need to create in yourself. We We don't make it happen, but we are also not involuntary participants. It's this Weird balance that I want you to, to understand this morning is this is the way I, I used to think about it when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, was that there are certain ways that God pours out grace to people. There's, there's, there's reading your Bible. That's a means by which he dispenses grace to us. There's, there's prayer. There's fasting. There's silence and solitude. There are different ways that God pours out grace to us. And if we take the effort to stand under that waterfall of grace, we will grow. We will be changed. But if we choose to not stand underneath that waterfall, we're going to be very dry. We're not going to grow in 2015. But he's created these these means of grace to pour out his grace on top of us. And it's our responsibility to either stand underneath them or not. That's that balance. He's provided it. He's moved. He's given us all we need for life and godliness. He has moved first to provide all of this grace for us. And then verse 5 says, make every effort to stand underneath those grace-giving means. So it takes our effort on our part, but it's also because God is sovereign. It's this cycle that God starts. Sounds a lot like Proverbs 16.9, which says a person plans his path, but God guides the steps. So we plan because God guides. So we're going to grow in 2015 because he's growing us. It's this cycle. Or what we learned just a few weeks ago, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, talks about 
work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work within you. So it's this cycle again that God starts. We work because God is at work. We grow in 2015 because God is already growing us. Why do we need to grow in 2015? Because of the gospel. As earlier we talked about, don't forget this. Don't forget to steep yourself in the gospel. This is why we need to grow in 2015. It's the fuel for salvation, and it's the fuel for growth. Our salvation is not based on anything that we created. We didn't gather up all the good things in our life and be able to offer them to God and say, see, I'm a good person. Instead, he moved only because of his grace to say, I will choose you because I love you. I want you to be part of my family. And that's a beautiful thing. And so the fuel for growth is also God's grace. It's not our effort to to make myself more godly or to make myself more loving or to, to force myself to grow in brotherly kindness. It's to just access yourself, God's grace that he's pouring out. That's a great thing. It's a freeing thing for us to know that it's not something that we just need to buckle down of white knuckle and get through this and I just got to do a better job. It's not that. God has just created these grace flows for you. You just got to make the effort to stand under God's grace. Why do we need to grow in 2015? Because of God's grace. This is John's Piper definition in conjunction with this verse of what grace is. It is God's power already working in us for our good, and it's a good that we don't deserve. It's John Piper's definition of grace in this situation, that God's power already working in us for our good, a good that we don't deserve. So why do we need to grow in 2015? What's the fuel behind why we need to grow in 2015? Because he has already given us everything we need to grow. So we've seen what spiritual growth is, brick by brick, and each one getting bigger. In faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. We've seen why we need to grow. The, The fuel of growth in 2015 is God's divine power that's already at work in us. So now we'll look at how we can grow in 2015. We've seen what, we've seen why, now we'll look at how. And we see it in verse 3 and 4 again, but we're going to look just a little bit deeper. Peter takes an interesting, almost takes a, a page out of Paul's book. Paul would frequently say thing, the same thing twice, just to reiterate it to you, to make sure that he got his point to you. Several times he says it three or four times, but typically he would say it twice. In addition to saying it twice, he'd change it. And that's what Peter does here. He takes verse 3, explains it again in verse 4, but he inverts it. So let's look at that real quick. With the beginning of verse 3, what the beginning of verse 3 calls life, the end of verse 4 calls escaping the corruption of the world. And you can see those being the same thing. If corruption is this sort of deterioration to death, then when you escape the death of the world, that is life. So you can see how those things are connected. The beginning of verse 3, life. The end of verse 4, corruption of the world. What the beginning of verse 3 calls godliness, the end of verse 4 calls participating in the divine nature. Now this doesn't mean that we become gods or that we are absorbed into the deity, but rather that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, that we are sons of God. 
we live lives that please God. That's the definition we gave for godliness before, that, that our actions, our thoughts, our desires, our words, our actions align with God's thoughts, desires, words, and actions. That's what godliness looks like. We participate in the divine nature because we have the Holy Spirit, and that looks like God. We act as God would act and think. So how can we obtain this life and godliness that verse 13 talks about? How can we escape the corruption of the world and participate in the divine nature that verse 4 talks about? Or, our question for today, how can we grow in 2015? Verse 3 says that it comes through the knowledge of him who called us. Again, this idea of knowledge, we talked about this earlier, that one sense definition of truth comprehended and applied. That's the knowledge we're looking for in 2015. Verse 4 says the knowledge of his very great and precious promises. That's a beautiful description. I love diving a little bit deeper into why authors use particular words. Very great. It's not just great, it's very great. And it's not just some promises like, yeah, he said he promised to do that. They're precious promises. They're not just your kids. They're your kids. They're precious to you. It's not just something you own. It's precious to you. So these very great and very precious promises... So how do we grow in 2015? If we combine verse 3 and 4 together, we get this one way to grow in 2015 through the knowledge of him and his promises. How do we grow in 2015 through the knowledge of him and his promises? Well, how do we do that, Lindsay? How do we grow in the knowledge of him and his promises? Well, we have a gift for you. This is a book that I was given about 15 years ago, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. We talked earlier briefly about these grace flows, these these means of grace that God gives us. Prayer, Bible intake, silence and solitude, fasting. Those are what we would call spiritual disciplines. This is a book that describes what those disciplines are and describes how you can Avail yourself of those, how you can stand up underneath these grace flows and just have God pour grace down on you. And when you do that, you grow in 2015. Now, as I went to buy a bunch of books for all of our church, they changed it. They've revised it and updated it, sneaky little boogers. Your book is way cooler looking than mine. Mine's got a lot of marks in it. Um, And I went through and looked at some of the things that I had highlighted, and I want to read those to you from the book itself. And it's an, it's an introduction as to these, um, these spiritual disciplines. And it, talks, it, it almost encompasses exactly what we're talking about today, that it's not an effort on our part. It's not that we have to gather up all of our goodness and all of our effort and make it good for God, but that he is working in us first. We just have to avail ourselves of his, his divine power. Um, in verse, uh, uh, page 11, rather, it says, So on the one hand, we recognize that even the most iron-willed self-discipline by itself will not make us more holy. You just stop there. I love that idea. It's, we recognize that even the most iron-willed self-discipline, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to read my Bible four to five and a half hours every day. I'm going to make it happen. 
Even the most iron-willed self-discipline by itself will not make us more holy. We will not grow in 2015 if it's just a sheer iron will. I'm going to read my Bible more. Not going to happen. Instead, it may make us more like the Pharisees. Snap. Growth in holiness is a gift from God. On the other hand, that doesn't mean that we're to do nothing to pursue godliness, just living the life that we want and until and unless God just decides to make us holy. Just We just lay there and lay on the couch, watch TV, and wait for God to go, bing, you're holy now. It won't happen. That's not how God has described this. That's not how Second Peter lays this growth for 2015 out. What we are to do is to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, practicing the God-given spiritual disciplines as a means of receiving his grace and growing in Christ-likeness. It's a great summation of what we're looking for, what's going to happen, what you can get from this book. Here's another one. But we must remember that the mature freedoms of discipline-nurtured godliness do not develop in a single reading through the Bible or in a few forays through some of the other disciplines. Scripture reminds us that self-control, such as that expressed through the spiritual disciplines, must persevere before it ripens into the mature fruit of godliness. Observe closely 2 Peter 1.6. He's referencing the passage that we're in now, is that it's building brick by brick, each brick getting bigger and bigger, an incremental growth, and it's not going to happen next week. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not selling you a nice shiny car and you drive it off the lot and it's worth half as much. I'm selling you a, a, a long haul. That's what this book talks about. The bridge between, self-empowered, between spirit-empowered self-control and godliness is this perseverance. And that's one of the things we're supposed to be growing in, according to 2 Peter. Perseverance, remaining under God's rule and care. Occasional self-control results in occasional godliness. But self-control with perseverance, as you add to and grow each brick, results in more consistent Christ-likeness. True godliness requires not merely a 10,000-hour pursuit, but a lifetime of perseverance. So we have enough books. They're all on the back shelf, back table. One for every family this Sunday, I would say. One for every family. Should have enough for everybody to have one. But for this Sunday, if each family would just take one, and then next week, if there's still some here, we'll lay them back out. If you didn't get one last week, or you said, you know what, I think I have it at the house. I've got one of the, I got one of the uglier looking ones. I don't have the pretty looking one. If you can't find it, or next week you said you skipped last week, you come next week. If there's some here, grab one then. I want to make sure they're all gone. I don't want to have any at the end of this. So this week, one per family. Next week, if they're still sitting there, grab yourself one. It's a long haul. It's tough, but it's a great book. Let me describe to you some of these means of grace here. Bible intake, prayer, worship. That's a means of grace. We worship and God pours out his grace on us and we grow in 2015. Evangelism, serving, stewardship, a means by which grace pours down on us. Fasting, Silence and solitude, as an extreme extrovert, that is really difficult for me. I like lots of noise and lots of words all the time. Silence and solitude. Journaling, that's an interesting one. It's a really great read. Journaling, learning, 
and perseverance in the disciplines. So it's a fantastic book. It's a gift from the church to you guys in order to help you grow in 2015. It comes with a warning. When I got this book, and this is a bit of my own personal testimony for you, the kids have heard this, many of you have heard this in my life. When I became a Christian, about the age nine, I thought the best way to grow is to just beat yourself up. My thought was you have to gather your own energy and make, make your life good so that God will love you more. I missed the idea that God loves us to the nth degree. The instant he put Christ on the cross for us showed the extent of his love. There is no more wrath left in the cup for us. It's gone. Every drop is absorbed by Christ. We are loved by him, by God, immensely right off the bat. There's nothing that we have to then do once we become Christians for God to love us more. I missed that when I was a kid. I thought I had to do things. And every, every time I would go on a retreat or a, or a conference, it was another awesome bat that I could beat myself up with. I've got to read my Bible more. You write fasting. Fasting has got a nice handle to it. I beat myself with fa- I gotta fast more. I gotta pray more, more silence and solitude. I gotta learn. I gotta learn to beat myself up with it. And this book had an awesome handle to it, and it was really big and it had spikes on the end of it, and boy, it hurt when you thrashed yourself with this book, and it was awesome. I loved it. It's missing the whole point of this book. The whole point of this sermon, you're missing it. Don't take this book and beat yourself up with it. It's a big book. It hurts. It's a, it's a growth. It's a 2015 thing. I got this 15 years ago. I still read it now. This is a lifetime of walking out these disciplines, just laying under God's grace, his love, his care that he pours out on us. So it comes with a morning. Don't grab it. It's got a great handle. It's really big. It swings nicely. It's got spikes on the end of it, and it really hurts when you thrash yourself with it. Don't thrash yourself with it. Take the book. It's a gift. It's a care. It's a tender way to help you expose yourself to God's grace more. So it comes with a warning. You can take it, but be warned that it's got a handle to it. So, will you love God more next year than you do right now? We will if we grow in faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love, Why do we grow in these things? Because of God's divine power that is already at work in his children. How do we grow in these things? Through the knowledge of him and his promises. And this book is just one way. It's a gift for us, from us to you guys. as a way to grow in 2015. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, you are amazing. You are holy, set apart, perfect, loving, tender. You do discipline us, Father, but just like our heavenly fathers discipline us, it's, it's for our own good. It is gentle. You do correct us, but it is for our good. You care for us. You want us to grow. You've created ways for your grace to pour out on top of us, your divine power.
to give us everything we need for life and godliness, if we would avail ourselves, Father, if we would make every effort to stand underneath your direction and your care. Father, give us the strength this year to do that, to grow, so that we know that next year we will be able to say, yes, I love God's glory more now than I did a year ago. I love God's people more now than I did a year ago. I love God's world more now than I did at the beginning of 2015. Give us that strength. Give us that discipline. Give us that desire. Give us that effort to lay brick by brick and increase each brick to make every effort, Father. That power comes from you. I pray that you would instill that in us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.